This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi guys, I'm Priyanka Arbindi. I write the newsletter here at Crooked, and today I'm really excited. We have a really special conversation with you for somebody everyone here knows and loves, my boss, Tommy Vitor. Before there was Crooked Media, I don't know if you guys know, Tommy happened to work for Barack Obama in the White House and on the campaigns that got him to Washington and campaigns in Illinois as well. Um, So when I wanted to talk about campaigns, Tommy was kind of a no-brainer for me to go to. Um, So as we all know, there are a bunch of people who want to run for president in 2020. They say that they're using the next couple of months to decide whether or not they're going to do it. Basically, once these people start announcing, campaign season is going to start. So I figured as somebody who spent a lot of time working on campaigns and someone who is also cool, Tommy would be a great person to give us an overview of how campaigns work, what it's like to work on them, and how to turn 2020 into a full-time gig, if that's something that people are interested in. Um, today we're talking to somebody all of you guys know and love, Tommy Vitor in Hello. the studio. Hi. Yeah, who's that? <laughs> hey. It's great to be here. It's awesome to have you. I love your newsletter. Wow, thanks. What a day. You're all subscribed, what a right? Day. Subscribe now, everybody. Answer. Um, but anyways, Hi. before there was Crooked Media, mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone knows this, Tommy, you happened to work for President Barack Obama. I did. In the White House. Mm-hmm. And before that, on all the campaigns that got him there, mm-hmm. and on campaigns that were in states, too. That's right. So um, I had a bunch of questions. Kind of made this a no-brainer for me to ask you about sure. campaigns. Um, so as we know, there are a bunch of people who want to run for president in 2020, and they say that they're using the next couple months to decide what they're going to do, mm-hmm. if they want to run. Our interns have, I don't know if you know this, they have full brackets going. Ours do? All, yeah, all of the like potential hopefuls. Oh, I love that. And like to, to pick who the nominee is going to be. Cool. So there are enough people to make that a viable activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot. But basically, once these people start announcing candidacies, campaign season is going to start. Got to get a team. Life's going to be crazy. Yeah, they're going to need a team. And so I figured as somebody who has worked on a bunch of campaigns and has done this, who better to talk to about how a campaign works and how people, if they're interested, can work on one and how to turn it into your full-time gig. Sure. I love it. I love campaigns. It's some of the most fun time I never want to have again. <laughs> okay. Well, bringing <laughs> endorsement from Tommy Vitor. I'm just kidding. I really would do another campaign in a heartbeat. Awesome. To be honest. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, so let's start out before we get into the whole, your backstory and all of your fun times that we definitely want to hear about. Um, I want you to explain a little bit about mm-hmm. the structure of a campaign because sure. I think if you're an outsider, that is just, you have no idea. Yeah. So it's always a work in progress. And I think the really interesting thing is if you look at the way Hillary Clinton's campaign was run in 2016 
which was you had a whole bunch of people in the headquarters and then you had a, you know, with like a top down infrastructure and then you had a whole bunch of people in states. And if you compared the way that campaign was structured, maybe to Beto O'Rourke's Senate campaign, I think they would actually look different in a lot of meaningful ways. So we can get into that more later. But the point is just that people are going to do new, cool, innovative stuff, which means opportunities for people for new kinds of jobs on campaigns that you might not have had before. All of them will have you know, a senior campaign manager that's sort of running the show. All of them will have a group of people that are with the candidate at all times. They'll all have fundraising. They'll all have a field team, a communications team. But what's interesting now is that when I was on like the 2008 campaign for Obama or even 2004, the Senate race, digital was seen as this siloed thing. Like you had like a digital team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you called them new media, which is a really <laughs> stupid, embarrassing thing in hindsight. But I think digital and digital organizing and digital fundraising and digital communications will cut across everything you do in a way that will be allow for a lot of innovation. So it'll be great. It's going to be really yeah. fun. Well, that's exciting because I think for people who, if you're listening to this and have never worked on a campaign before, but kind of like think this is something that'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to you, it's not super daunting in a sense. It's like, okay, this is new for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing to realize, like, you know, my first campaign job, I was like 22, 23. You're not going to get a policy job. You're not probably not going to be someone that's saying, uh, you know, future president Kamala Harris this is what you should say about uh, what to do in Iraq, right? Like there's just going to be people that a lot of experience and policy that are going to do those things. But there's a lot of jobs where you'll be organizing on the ground in places like Iowa. There'll be a ton of jobs where you're, you know, working for some very senior member of the communications team. Like my first job in 2004 on John Edwards' presidential campaign before he was a total scumbag. He was nice then. (laughs) Uh, I was the assistant to the communications director. It was this guy named David Ginsburg. He oversaw all the consultants and the pollsters and the state press people. And like, it was this fascinating gig for me where day to day, I did a lot of getting him lunch and removing the bun from the burger he was eating because he was on the Atkins diet on and off like every day, which is, you know, fortunately when you're eating Wendy's, the best thing for you is the bun. But like, Mm. you know, that's another podcast. Uh, But it's like I was on all his emails and I was on the calls and you just like learn so much through osmosis. So like entry level jobs, like a a year in a campaign is like five years in any other job. You learn so, so much and it's fun. It's like college, but you have no free time. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone around you is like young and fun and working their asses off. And it's like it is truly, truly the best way to get involved in politics, period. Don't move to Washington, do a campaign. Okay, I know you and I were talking about this earlier Mm -hmm. this week. I was reading this great book uh, by Amanda Lippmans called Run for Something. She's awesome. An awesome resource for not only people who want to run for office, but if Mm -hmm. you want to have a job on a campaign, it tells you a lot about how those work and also gives you like a bunch of lessons on every level of government that I feel like I just never learned in high school. Like when were they supposed to teach me this? So smart, so practical. Yeah. So she goes over, she had a few different areas that are like, terms, things that if you're interested in working mm-hmm. on a campaign that people should know. And you mentioned a few of them, but there was, she breaks it down kind of like organizing where you're coordinating volunteers, mm-hmm. uh, communications, which you're dealing with press, mm-hmm. what you're doing, digital, which is social media, email, website, videos, finance, raising money, political, which is obviously like policy politics and research, which is setting up the facts, um, advance events and travel, 
and then operations, budget mm-hmm. and logistics, which honestly sounds it's very similar to the way Crooked is set up, yeah, which is, it is kind of kind of funny. We are like a big, we're like a, a podcast campaign company. Somewhere. Yeah, crazy. It seemed like once you understood just like the basic areas and identify like, oh, okay, I think I might be good at or I'm comfortable with you know, talking to people, like mm-hmm. maybe I should be a volunteer or work in organizing, mm-hmm. or I like planning, like maybe that is sort of where I should direct my energy. It seems like work there at least is like, can be intuitive or. Yes, absolutely. You're totally right. And, and also what I think that her list, that really excellent list that you just walked through helps, uh, helps you understand is where the opportunities will be. Right. Because for a presidential campaign, at the end of the primary, I bet you'll have 300 field staffers. By the general, you might have 1,500, 2,000, 3,000. Like you could, they will, it, you go from being a small business to a Fortune 500 company sized operation in a year, less yeah, than a year. Crazy. And yeah, crazy. It's so fast. And so jobs that don't sound glamorous, like field organizer, are the single most important thing you can do. And they're the, the job you're most likely to get, especially mm-hmm. in places like Iowa. So when I got to Iowa, it was like right around now in 2007, really. I was there a week before Obama announced, which I think was like February 5th, maybe. I don't, I honestly, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, February 10th, I, who cares? Um, <laughs> so I was, there a week, <laughs> I was there a week out to help prepare the announcement. Uh, and then I stayed through the whole year through the caucuses. And when mm-hmm. I got there, there were like eight people. And by the time I left, I think we had 175 or 200 field organizers in the state. So and it was how like, many of you were from Iowa? Very or like few. knew the area or anything? Very, very few. <laughs> but it meant that like, you know, there are 100 people in Des Moines age 22 to 27 who were working their butts off together mm-hmm. and were friends and were all behind this one mission. And so part of that job is like, you go into a community, you talk to people, you listen to them, you hold events. When the candidate comes through, you are with him or her and you're introducing them to the right people. And then you build up a volunteer base. So ultimately it becomes a management job where you're managing this army of volunteers to do all the work that you, you're doing yourself on day one. Mm-hmm. So like if you can organize yourself out of a job, you're the best organizer on the planet. That was always the mission there. And it's like, it's really fun and cool. If you're an outgoing person and you don't mind making a cold call or knocking on a door, it's a great job for you. Right. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Policy Genius. Life insurance is a deeply unfun topic. Disagree. Most people don't like thinking about dying. Mm -hmm. I thought you were also going to disagree. I agree with that one. And they definitely don't like thinking about insurance, but actually having life insurance feels great. And getting that peace of mind doesn't need to be complicated. Do you have life insurance, Priyanka? Um, Does Crooked offer life insurance? (laughs) We'll talk to Neil after this. Cool. (laughs) Policy Genius is the easy way to get life insurance. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers and find the coverage you need at a price you can afford. From there, you can apply online, and the unbiased advisors at Policy Genius will handle all the red tape, leaving you free to do the things you actually enjoy. Like Instagram. True. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. Whether you're shopping for disability insurance to protect your income, homeowner's insurance, or auto insurance, they can help you get covered fast. Hmm. If you've been intimidated or frustrated by insurance in the past, give Policy Genius a try. Go to policygenius.com to get your quotes and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. I'm going to do it right now. 
Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Because you're going to die. <laughs> I'm wondering, now you're talking about this campaign, mm-hmm. I'm wondering your whole like backstory of young Tommy fresh out of college, me, young me. how you get to your first campaign, like how does, what does that process even look like? Oh, what God. did it look like for you? So I graduated, I went to DC, I thought I wanted to work in Washington. Long story short, I could not get a job to save my life. I was like, I did like a three week stint working on a campaign in North Carolina and in like Western North Carolina. And then we lost and I came back. And so I was about to, I'd applied to two jobs. Mm-hmm. I was going to work for John Edwards on his presidential campaign, <laughs> or I had applied to Club Med to be a geo, which was <laughs> <laughs> <What's> that <laughs> They're like the overly tan guys who walk around and like play basketball or like street, street hockey with your kids oh my and God. push them in the pool at the resort. And so luckily for everyone, <laughs> my parents especially, I got the John Edwards president job. And that sent me on this path where I lived in Raleigh for a year. And like I told you, I was this guy's, uh, I was the worst assistant in the history of assistance to David Ginsburg, the 08, 04 communications director for John Edwards. But uh, in the last month, they sent me to Iowa and I drove the press van around. Mm-hmm. I literally just had like a bunch of whiny reporters in the back of my van and I drove and I picked up subway subs for them. And we went from event to event together and you just learn and learn and learn. And then I went to New Hampshire after that for a couple of weeks. And when the New Hampshire primary was done, I got sent back to headquarters and like chained to a desk. And I sort of became a glorified press assistant where I started doing a lot more writing, mm-hmm. taking po- calls from the press. But it's like, you just learn by doing because there's no other option. Totally. They need you to do whatever the hell has to be done that second, whether it's buying a quarter pound of, you know, egg salad for your boss because <laughs> he just won't eat a goddamn loaf of bread or, you know, knocking on. Sounds like love it. It was so fun. Yeah. And, and like in go flash forward to 08 when I was in Iowa, like one of the great things Paul Tews, our state director, did was everyone did every job. No one was mm-hmm. too important to knock on a door or make a call. So he would dispatch us out to the farthest counties he could think of and make us knock doors on a Saturday morning. And like, it sucked. You were tired. You wanted to spend a couple hours to yourself. But I'll never forget walking around this small town and I saw a lady mowing her lawn on a ride-along tractor. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go ask her if she likes Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And I walked up and I asked her what she thought. And she was like, yeah, I really like him. I was like, well, would you sign a supporter card? Which means you're a one. You rank people like one, Mm -hmm. two, three, four, five is like, I hate you. One is I signed a supporter card. I'm coxing for Obama. This lady wrote her name on it, gave me her address on her ride along mower. And I was like, this is why the Iowa coxes are cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're talking about the people who you go out and do this with. Mm -hmm. I'm really intrigued because the majority of what I've read about campaigns was mostly the Obama campaign, and it seemed to be a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. So is that true for most campaigns? Is it all just like really young people kind of like running the show? Totally. It is all young people for a bunch of reasons. One, you work really hard, a lot of hours. You, you know, I when Robert Gibbs told me, uh, Robert Gibbs is the press secretary for Obama uh, in the White House. He worked on his 04 Senate race, worked in all the other races in between. I remember being at a restaurant, he called me in 2004 and said, you're hired, you have the job, you're the assistant press secretary on the campaign, I need you here in five days. And so like, I packed everything I had into my car mm-hmm. and just drove to Chicago and I left my life behind. So like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, being able to do that is really valuable. You don't make a ton of money, you work hard, 
and you need a ton of energy, but like, you know, it's the coolest job in the world. Like some of the roles you're talking about, advanced jobs, mm -hmm. you that means you go ahead to every place the candidate is going to be and you prepare for their visit. So if the president is going to Las Vegas, you're there. If they're, you know, in the White House, the president's going to China, the advanced team goes over in advance and prepares it. So it's like this unbelievable opportunity to see the world, meet a million people, like yeah. be given huge amounts of responsibility and sort of have to sink or swim on your own. Yeah, I didn't cool. know very much about Advance at all before reading Alyssa Mastromonaco's book like last oh, year. Great book. And I was like, oh, this is, had no clue this even existed. And yeah. of course it does, but it, she, just understanding that experience and what that is like is awesome. It's so, in Alyssa, like, Alyssa is like the ultimate boss. Like, she ran all those teams. And if you perform for Alyssa and you did well, you skyrocketed in the organization because there mm -hmm. was like, they go back to you over and over again. I'm also curious about um, people who work on smaller campaigns. For presidential campaigns, it mm -hmm. seems like you're probably pretty on board with who the candidate is. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, are people who are working on campaigns, are they actually in it for the candidate or are they in it because they want to work on politics? Is it a mix? Mm -hmm. It a seems like some people um, will ship out to different areas and work for different candidates. And it's like, how'd you, how'd you find this person and how did you become interested in this? That's a really good question. Um, I think that there are probably a lot of people who said, I want to work for Beto O'Rourke and only Beto O'Rourke mm -hmm. this cycle because he inspires me and he's amazing and I'll move to Texas and upend my life, right? Totally. Um, there are other people who think, I really want to work for a Democrat. I want to work in the Senate. Uh, it's important to me to have a Democrat in West Virginia instead of a Republican. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll take a job on X, Y, or Z campaign. Right. Um, I think my best advice to anyone listening would be to fight for working for the candidate that you believe in the most. Because totally. after Edwards lost in 2004, I drove back to DC like the next day, interviewed for a couple jobs at the Kerry campaign and waited around for two months like a sad, lonely loser on my friend's couch watching <laughs> reruns of The West Wing. And in that period of time, I bought Obama's books. I found, read everything I could find about him on the internet and was like, became obsessed with trying to work for him and reaching out to his people. In between, I got a job offer from the Kerry campaign and everyone I knew mm -hmm. told me, you have to take it. If a presidential campaign tells you, you have a job. You have to do it. You're crazy if you say no. Right. Don't be an idiot. And I said no because mm -hmm. I wanted to work for Obama. And and thank God I was 24 and and very stupid and didn't listen to all the smart people advice because if I hadn't, you know, pursued the path of working for the person who I really believed in, my life would be very different. Totally. Yeah. So I'm interested also because you've worked on presidential campaigns and also Senate campaigns. How are those different or are they comparable? They're comparable. But they're just uh, a totally different scale. Got it. So on the Obama 04 campaign, you know, Illinois is a big state. So you have a very big infrastructure in the, in the, uh, in the northern half of the state around the Chicago areas, yeah. the Collar counties, like Rockford. Um, but it's, you can drive five hours south and still be in Illinois, right? So like mm -hmm. you are dealing with a lot of territory, but you're sort of scoping your votes uh, in terms of targeting people in the northern part of the state. So you can be a little more deliberate. So there is a smaller team. You need to raise less money because you're paying for fewer TV ads. Yeah. There's not as many reporters. So you have a smaller press office. Like 
I was driving the press van in a presidential. When you get to the general election, you have a press plane. Okay, um, yeah. you're right. You're like chartering jets. Totally you're different renting out scale. two hotels. So yeah, it's like a whole different, you know, it, it's the major leagues. Mm-hmm. But both of them are cool. And you learn a ton on a Senate race or House race. I mean, very young people are are managing entire congressional campaigns. Is it possible for a person, like a first time person who wants to join a campaign and work on a campaign to join a presidential campaign? Or is, do you have you had to, do you need prior experience in politics to do that you they will hire thousands of people that have never worked on a campaign before to be to be organizers to do advance to work in you know some of the more entry-level jobs um i think that if you want to be like a senior if you want to be like the the top spokesman for the presidential campaign Mm -hmm. you will likely need to have had some experience of previous campaigns but got it I also think that this cycle will be cool because if I were to design a communications office today versus a decade ago, I would try to design it in a way where you're not constantly like filtered through traditional media sources. Like I would want to have some kid making really funny memes all day long (laughs) about my guy and pushing those out. And like that experience, you're not going to find someone that did six campaigns that makes dope memes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Dropbox. Imagine a workplace with no distractions or disruptions. Sounds great. No endless searching to find the latest version. No constantly switching between apps. Now imagine a place where everything just flows. How do I get that? At Dropbox, we're building a home for all your team's work and the conversation around it with a suite of tools that maximizes inspiration and minimizes distraction. Sounds sweet. Because when teams are in flow, everything just clicks. Visit dropbox.com forward slash flow. Flow. Dropbox. Keep teams flowing. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Vice. From Adam McKay, the writer and director of The Big Short, Vice is an epic and comedic look at how Dick Cheney, an uncharismatic vice president, became the most powerful man in the world. John Favreau saw this uh, two days ago. Did he like it? He said it was like, first of all, it was like a real deal, like Hollywood premiere with like cool people. Oh, wow. So he felt out of place. But he said it was really fun and it was a great movie. And it was a trip down memory lane of all things Dick Cheney. (laughs) Does he shoot the guy in the face in the movie? Yeah. Shh, don't spoiler. Sorry. I mean, they already knew that. Okay. You might remember, <laughs> oh, wait, you might remember this. He literally shot someone in the face and the victim apologized for it. See, they're spoiling their it's own movie. Up. Yeah. The film stars Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Steve Carell, and Sam Rockwell. And see it in theaters on December 25th. John said the cast was awesome. I mean, Christian Bale, as I, I want to see the transformation. He said Christian Bale in particular was like stunningly good as Cheney. That's, I mean, great if you're an actor, but also kind of scary. Yeah, good point. Well, I I guess I have to see this movie now. Let's go. Cool. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Okay, and you brought this up a little bit earlier, but about 
young people who are working on campaigns uh-huh. and entry-level jobs. I'm wondering, because you've also mentioned about getting paid and the realities of that when you're working on a campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what the difference is between a volunteer and a paid person on a campaign. How do you become a person with a paying job on this? And like, what are, how does that work? Sure. So you know, when I was in Iowa in, in 07, there were a bunch of people that just drove out and started volunteering and they volunteered until they got a job. Mm-hmm. And that's not abnormal at all. I mean, there will be like a finite number of paid positions. Right. But, you know, there's ways. If you can dedicate your full time to a campaign, then like hopefully eventually they'll pay you. But there will be an army of volunteers that are working part time. It's just sort of Got a question it. if like not not a lot of people have the luxury of volunteering full time. You know, yeah, it's just tough. Of course. Um, and so along those lines, a lot of positive things have clearly come from your experience on campaigns. Mm-hmm. But there are also, from like what we've heard about, from what I've heard you guys talk about, a lot of negative things. There are the hours, the pay, stress, losing. It kind of seems just like a mm-hmm. grind. There are rewarding moments, but it seems like tough stuff happens too. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and some of the things that when you look back are not your favorite memories. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, my experience on campaigns is colored by the fact that we won. Right. You know, and like everything. The first thing you brought up to me when I was trying to ask you guys if you wanted to be on this, you're like, well, I was on a winning campaign, so I should be the person <laughs> yeah. who does it. It's like, don't ask Lovett to do this one because awesome. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so winning makes everything better. I think if you ask a lot of the people that worked for Hillary in 16, that was a rather brutal experience. Right. Um, uh, you know, I think they were working seven days a week for at least the last year. Totally. Was brutal. There was a documentary made about the 2008 campaign called um, "By the People," and that John and I were in it a lot. And like, you can see us getting fatter and paler <laughs> no. and more disgusting. Uh, my friend had a pair of jeans that he thought were really cool that slowly got too tight for him to the point where the um, the waistband cut him. <laughs> oh no! And you know, so it was not it was not pretty. Like it it was tough on your social life. You don't see your friends. You don't see your family. You don't make a lot of money. Um, you sacrifice a lot. You give your life to the campaign. It becomes mm-hmm. your life, which is why you need to work for someone you really believe in. Right. But, you know, in the same way, like, when you go through a tough experience with a group of people, it bonds you for life, whether it's a sports team or, like, anything else. Like it, The same experience can come out of these things. Like, my best friends, uh, you know, people in my wedding party, like, or people I see here all the time are, are from the Obama campaign. Yeah. I'm wondering also skills-wise what your campaign experience taught you and mm. if someone is interested in approaching a campaign working in 2020 but might not want to be in politics forever, what do you get from that experience that you can then take to like other jobs and things that you w- might want to do in the future? Sure. If I worked in random you know, corporate job and I saw someone come in that had experience on a presidential campaign, I think it, one, it stands out. It's interesting. Totally. It makes it something you want to ask about. Yeah. Um, it shows that you have the ability to work tremendous hours in a high stakes situation, which mm-hmm. is important. Uh, for me, I learned how to write. I learned how to deal with the press. I learned um, how to understand a news cycle. I learned some basics about politics and policy that I think are useful. So, I mean, every job is sort of, you know, it, it, it develops a different skill set and muscle memory in terms of just like your ability to produce things quickly. And I think a campaign 
really uh, is sort of the ultimate test of that kind of work. Totally. I'm also wondering, I think especially in the last two years, Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of people who, you know, maybe always thought news was important, but weren't as tuned in. And especially with the midterms, just got a lot more involved. And so not just young people. What if you do you have any advice for people who are maybe a ways along into their career and are now really engaged and really want to be involved who might not have the same availability as a super young person or be able to take on mm-hmm. a really entry, entry level job? Do you have any advice for that kind of person who would want to join a campaign? Or if do you think that's something that they should do or can they help out in other ways? That's a really good question. One interesting thing that Bernie did uh, was something called distributed organizing. Mm-hmm. So you you really empowered uh, like super volunteers who you trained to mm-hmm. set up sort of satellite offices in places where there wasn't a campaign infrastructure necessarily. And Beto took on some of this as well. I think there's people who just can't sign up to be a full-time campaign staffer right. could take on one of those roles and you know, set up like a satellite office in your home in wherever you live mm-hmm. and organize locally and really have a major impact. I also think uh, there will be a whole bunch of digital tools that allow you to participate in the political process from literally wherever you are, as long as you have your smartphone. So there's going to be more ways to get involved that aren't all in this cycle. Uh, they haven't necessarily emerged yet, right. but they will be there. That's awesome. That's cool that it's not just limited to like you sign away your life to work on this or we don't have any anything for you to do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, you know, and that's, you know, I make it sound more daunting than it probably is, but like it's, it, you know, I don't think I could have done the job I did if I had uh, kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lot of, it can be taxing. It's a lot of time away from right. your family, but um, there's a lot of ways to participate in a very, very meaningful way that are short of, you know, working in HQ all day, every day. Totally. Okay. So before I let you go, mm-hmm. I really want to hear some of your favorite stories and crazy, I don't know, memories, things from the campaign trail that'll always stick out in your mind that uh, we can share with a podcast audience. Oh, sure. Um, let me think. I mean, the things that I will always remember, my, my favorite experiences professionally probably in my entire life were from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Because it, like the for me, people hear me talk about it and they kind of roll their eyes because I love it so much. But I think all the cliches of the best parts of American politics are real. Like, mm-hmm. well, I remember being in some guy's backyard at a farm and someone was really pushing Obama on these provisions of the Patriot Act that allow for like wiretapping and sort of domestic spying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, him having to answer those and, and like me kind of wondering what the hell they were all were talking about. And then fast forward you know, to 2013 and all these things sort of spill out among the Snowden documents uh, that were, I learned about for the first time because some really smart person in a rural town in Iowa was, was yeah. pushing Obama. And I'm not looking like classified documents, but like the theories and the programs and the and the principles. Right. Um, you know, my days were lots of going on the road. We went to like 73 counties. We went to... Uh, you know, I remember going to an event where there was someone had slapped a sandwich board on a on a llama and it said mm-hmm. llamas for Obama. And we we're like, what, what the <laughs> fuck is happening here? What are we doing? Um, and then, you know, just meeting thousands and thousands of people that cared enough about the political process that they gave their life to it and wanted to get involved and like came out on these like snowy nights in Iowa. Um, 
<laughs> Did you guys all live together? Oh, okay, yes. Um, in, in in the 2008 campaign, so I moved to Iowa for a year for 2007, and the caucuses happened, and then I moved to Chicago right away because mm-hmm. everyone was like, "We're about to beat Hillary. We need you to do McCain rapid response." And then the the primary dragged on for like five more months, and we all wanted to kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. But um, soon after I got to Chicago, we all moved into this group house. It was like me, Favreau, Michael O'Neill, Katie Johnson, like all these great people. Mm -hmm. Because this guy had bought a house, tried to restore it, did a terrible job. Like the (laughs) housing market crashed. So he just like rented us for pretty cheap. Um, But yeah, we had a blast. We lived together. We worked together. We played a lot of guitar, Hero, whatever the hell it's called. Oh, yeah. Rock band. Yeah. Right. Ton of rock band. That's very funny. One time David Axrod came over to our house. And And was he just like what? Played beer pong. Whoa. He was pretty good. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, you know. That's cool. Well, your experiences sound like very, I don't know, should I just up and leave here and like I, work on a campaign? So many people have come to me throughout my life and said, how do you get to work in the White House? How did you get to work in foreign policy in the White House? And the path is so nonlinear. It, it totally. doesn't make any sense. But the one thing I tell everyone is do a campaign mm-hmm. because you learn so much, you get so much responsibility. Like, all the people that became very important people, like right. all caps in Washington, mm-hmm. were just campaign staffers. Right. Susan Rice was someone we called to help us out when we needed foreign policy advice or to do a TV hit. Mm-hmm. Then she was national security advisor. Right. You know, David Pluff, David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, they were like people we worked with. All- Valerie Jarrett was like someone you just see around the office. Right. Mm-hmm. Then she was this very important person. The same was true for Bush. Right. Karl Rove. Like all these people were just campaign staffers. Yeah. And when you work on a campaign, you're with them all the time. You're supporting them. You're in this fight together and it bonds you in a way that will help you forever. Totally. So if someone listening to this wanted to work for a campaign in 2020, mm-hmm. obviously whoever they would want to work for would have had to announce their candidacy. Exactly. But what what should they do once that happens? Where should they go? Um, I think that a lot of these announcements will happen January, February, March. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were listening, if I were like 22, right out of school, trying to figure out what to do, I would try to figure out a way to work in Iowa mm-hmm. because I just think the candidate is going to be there the most. Um, it will be like ground zero for the political world until caucus day totally uh and you'll just have the time of your life and it's a great state with great people and it's like the period of time in a campaign before it gets really ugly and nasty Mm -hmm. that's a lot more fun so you know i don't know exactly who you should call yet but (laughs) there will be like you know a campaign direct uh manager or a field director or someone in operations that you'll be able to find on their website and Mm -hmm. you can reach out and apply and and do it if you want to do communications or finance or whatever like all that information will be on their website so you can figure it out that way but it will be a blast no matter what you do that's awesome well thank you so much for my pleasure sharing all of this i love working campaigns you should do it sweet not you Brianka. <laughs> okay need, we need you here <laughs> never mind okay awesome thank you Thanks for listening, guys. That was a really fun conversation with Tommy. I felt like I learned a lot about his experiences and how campaigns actually work, which is really cool. Um, Check back next week for more fun conversations.
Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.